All right. So we're on Jude chapter, well, chapter, lesson four. Uh, if you know your Bible, there's only one in, one uh, chapter of Jude. Uh, this is uh, Sunday, October the 16th, lesson four of Jude. So the theme of the book is, to, is that we are to contend for the faith. And we talked about what content, contend means, and it basically means to struggle for, or basically to fight. So I think of when you have two, a boxing match with two men, they go, these are two contenders. And of course, I think that's one of the stupidest things that there ever has been. And I'm a man, talking two men fighting each other and knocking each people out. Now, I think the little rock'em, sock'em thing that we had when we were a kid, now that's okay. The two grown adults beating himself in the head, I just didn't make sense to me. But um, contending, a Christian needs to contend for the faith. And so we know the Bible is written in three applications. It has a historical application. And so for the people that Jude wrote this to specifically, it was very important for them. He's trying to get across his, his heart to this group of people. And... Uh, and then, inspirationally for us, what can we glean from this book? Because there are some truth, there are some truths in this book that we need to take the, the truth in these books and apply them to our life. And there's a prophetical application, and we t- we've talked about that before, that it's specifically to the people in the tribulation. And so this is a warning for them to pay attention because... There's something that Jude wants to get across to them that's very important because if they go the way of these men in this book, their end will be destruction. So this is very important. It's kind of like uh, uh, that, that old TV show, Lost in Space. You had the guy, the, one of the robots, you know, it looked like the trash can with all the arms, you know. That's how, how it was pretty low-key back then. And they were like, warning, warning, right? That's what this book of Jude is. It's a warning to the people that read it. So I'm going to go ahead. So I think you have a blank in, in the top of your, your sheet there. The theme of the book is content for the faith. Why? Because there are ungodly men. And even for us, uh, the inspiration for us is we need to, to watch... Uh, the doctrine that we have been given. We need to know what is biblical and what's not biblical. We need to know truth compared to what's untruth. And we need to watch out for ungodly men. And it blows my mind because, uh, I don't know about you, but you can just see certain men or you can hear them speak and right off the bat, I get, I get bells going off in my head like, okay, Watch this guy because something is not right with him, even before they open their mouth. Um, it's like it's like how do you know truth from error? And, and I, I I haven't ever worked in a bank, but I've, I've I've heard that they teach people bank tellers that when they work in the bank, all they do is work with money. And when you work with real money, that when a a a fake bill comes through. They'll spot it just because they know what the real thing looks like. Okay, so we understand what, what preachers should preach and how they should be and how they should respond. So when we see a preacher that doesn't line up with that, 
we need to we need to run from it. And so uh, it's kind of the same con. I, I, that's when I watch TV, and I don't watch TV much like I used to. Now I pretty well pick what I want to watch, and I don't flip through the channels. And it's like you'd flip through a channel, and you'd see this guy, and you see him preaching, and you see it was filled up with people. The stadium would be filled, and you listen to this guy for a little bit, and you go, this guy's a sham. How are all these people listening to him? They're not contending for the faith. They don't know the truth and they're just letting their they're letting their their mind or they're letting themselves follow a man who's ungodly. Because you can you can tell an ungodly man from a godly man by what they say and how they act. So ungodly is ungodly men are like the warning that Jude is teaching about. Six times in the book, out of twenty five verses, it talks about ungodly men. Okay? That's one for every like four point something verses. So what's he trying to tell them? Watch out for ungodly men, okay? So let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 11, and then we're going to back up and just kind of go through our lesson today. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Okay, so he's writing to a group of saved people. He says, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was need for me, for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are, this is why, for there are certain men crept in unawares. Now last week, remember what I called these men? Creeps. Creeps. <clears throat> Isn't that funny how everything, all these slang words we use, they come out of the Bible. I call them creeps because they creep in unawares. For they are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore... Because of that, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them, that believe not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Now, if you're paying attention, going through the book here, you'll see threes popping up all the time. Okay, you'll see th three examples, three this, three that, and he just said it. These filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominions, speak evil of dignities. Yet, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses and durst not bring accusation against him, a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. So in the middle of this discourse, he throws an example of Michael, the archangel, the, you know, contending with... Did you get the word? Does it say contending? Yeah, verse 9, it says, He's contending with the devil. And 
but he does not bring about him really an accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. Okay, so that's a great example. So he says, even the highest angel out there, Michael, the highest angel, when he was contending with the devil, Satan, he doesn't, he doesn't accuse him. He, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't accuse, he doesn't uh, say anything else that he shouldn't say. And, and we're using that as an example here because these other guys don't do that. And then, so you're, you're seeing that as an example and then your brain, my brain starts, again, starts going off. Well, what in the world is he doing <laughs> contending with the devil in the first place? So we might look at that a little bit. Okay, let's keep moving. And uh, verse 10. But these, these ungodly men, speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast, in those things they corrupt themselves. And then verse 11 says, Woe unto them, for they have, one, gone in the way of Cain, two, they have ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and three, have perished in the gainsaying of Kor. So we're going to stop right there and we're going to back up and we're going to dig some of this stuff out. We'll have just a real short review of where we've been. Uh, on your handout, we're looking at number point number one. It says ungodly men, and that's what we're going to be talking about all day today. Is ungodly men, they deny God. We see that in verse four. Okay, so number one, uh, A, it says they deny God's grace. Grace goes in your blank. And again, we've talked about that. And then they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now, how did I come up with grace and Jesus Christ? I pulled them right out of the text. Okay, if you want to know how I teach things, most of the time, I'll pull the, I'll pull the, I'll pull everything out right out of the verses. And if it's anything that I come up with myself, just you know, it may be good, may not be good. Just throw that out. But whatever the Word of God says is what I'm trying to expound on. And so that's what I'm trying to do here. Ungodly men deny God. How do they do that? By they, they deny His grace. And they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. They're denying the fact that Christ came and died for their sins, was buried and rose again. That's what they're denying. They don't want anything to do with it. And so when you think about that from, from a Christian's perspective, that's a very sad perspective. That's a very sad thing. And the same thing from God's perspective. Here God reaches out to mankind. He provides a way for them to have a fellowship, their fellowship restored back. He provides a way that they don't die for their sins. And yet these ungodly men just thumb their nose up at it. Okay? So they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Roman number 2 says, Ungodly men end in destruction. And we saw the examples 5 through 7. And the, the examples was, A, the people that came out of Egypt that did not believe. Goes in your blank. Okay? Now can you imagine? When the people left Egypt with Moses and Joshua and the group, they saw all the miracles that God did. They went through the Red Sea. They got everything out and they got out to when they're getting ready to go into the land and take it. And the spies came back and said, we can't do this. And the whole group of people disbelieved what God told them to do. And as a result, what happened to them? They were destroyed. They all died those 40 years in the wilderness. 
God kept them in the wilderness 40 years till that generation died off. And then they were all worried about their children. They're like, oh, if we go in there, these giants, these people in the land, they'll destroy us. They'll take our kids and make them slaves. Well, guess what happened? They didn't believe God. And as a result, they died and their kids went into the promised land. They were so worried about their kids. Now they were worried about themselves. But anyway, they were destroyed that did not believe. And then B, it says the angels that kept not their first estate. And again, we talked about that last week. And I'm sorry if you wasn't here last week. Come get my notes and I'll, I'll give you a handout or whatever. They, the angels that kept not their first estate. Okay, And then C, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And all, all of these people ended in destruction. Okay, So there's a point here. Uh, Roman numeral number three, ungodly men have wicked ways. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning, verses 8 through 10. Jude also calls these men filthy dreamers. Filthy dreamers. Now, um, turn over in your Bible to hold your finger here. We'll be back. But go over to Romans chapter 1. It's in your handout. Romans chapter 1. And let's look at verse 18 through 32. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So there's another thing that ungodly men do. They don't hold God's truth. Verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him, God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made in like unto the corruptible uh, men and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Let's see, I'm, where am I supposed to go? All the way to the end. I'll keep going. Wherefore, because of this, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working with that which is unseemly, and received in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So God gives them, they, want, they, they don't want to know the truth, they don't want to uh, follow God, and their, their, their minds just starts going down the sewer, and finally God gives them up to a reprobate mind. And I've always asked the question, so when is that? Where is that line where they, they get over? I don't know. That's a question that would be a great question to ask God at some point. When was it that a, God, that a man gets to the point where his mind just goes over the, goes over the cliff, and he's not coming back? Okay? I don't know. That's a sad, a sad statement. 
Uh, okay, so where did I stop? 27? 20, 29. Okay. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, uh, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, and inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Now that last statement's wild, and I see that. I see these people that are totally against God, and they're out there flaunting it. And they have pleasure in flaunting it. Okay, so these are this group of, of ungodly men, and just kind of a group of them. And so Jude calls them filthy, and he calls them dreamers. Okay, so this, 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 I'm sorry, this lesson today is kind of a negative lesson, okay, because it's talking about ungodly men. So let's turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, and verse 13, because i got to throw something good in, in in the lesson today. I don't want you just going out of here and going and say that, Bob, all, all he does is teach negative, 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 bad, bad, bad. No, let's go to Philippians 2 and verse 13. It says... Sure, I'm in the right spot. For it is God which worketh in you, both to do, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And it talks about things about being blameless and whatever. So there's two ways to go. There is a ungodly way to go, and there is a godly way to go. And so we need to focus on the godly, but we also need to realize there are some ungodly men out there. And why do we need to do that? Why do we need to know that? So we don't follow them. Okay? And so Jude calls these men filthy dreamers. A, it says they defile the flesh, back in Jude. And so what does that mean when it says they defile the flesh? Okay, it means that they make the flesh, and I believe he had two blanks, unclean or polluted. Now remember in the Old Testament when people had leprosy, leprosy was a terrible disease. Leprosy was a disease, you got these sores on you, you got to the point where your flesh would rot, and it would and start falling off. Now, that's pretty bad. You know, I, I mean, your, your, your limbs would start falling off, skin would fall off. And I mean, it was a terrible disease, but they would have to cover themselves up. And if they ever ran into contact or had any contact with anybody coming down the path where they were at or, or, or having any... or, or uh, just being around them, they would have to say, what did they have to tell them? They'd have to say, unclean, unclean. I'm unclean. They were unclean because their body was rotting off of them because they had a disease. These, these ungodly men are like that. They, are, they defile the flesh and they make their flesh unclean and polluted. So the acts that they do are unclean. They're polluted, and the Bible says they're filthy. B says these ungodly men despise dominion. Now, what's dominion? A 
Okay, dominion I would define as, I think, do you have a blank? No. No, no. no. it's just it's defined as what? Authority. 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 They despise authority. And I, I always think of that song, uh, let's, let's see, who, uh, John, John Mellencamp. I fight authority and authority what? Always wins. And yet he still fights all the time, doesn't he? But authority always wins. If he would just think about what he's saying, or if people would think about what they're doing, and you can use that, you can use that. I've, I think I've used that like in the detention center up here in Cass County with the juveniles. You fight authority, guess who's going to win, guys? Think about what you do. Think about your actions. When you fight against authority, the authority is always going to win. Okay? So, uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 20 and 21. says... Let's back up to verse 18. Let's back up to 17. I'm sorry. 17 says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that defileth or that filleth all in all. So Christ has, be, has been given all power, all dominion, all authority, all everything. And yet these guys despise that. These guys despise authority. They just, and here's, what they, here's the really bad thing. They despise Christ's authority. Ungodly men. Okay? And so, just, just, it's, it's right here. I'm just pulling it out of the text here. And so, not only that, uh, they speak evil of dignities. Isn't that what it says? Now, we're in verses 8 through 10. It says, let's read 8 again. It says, Likewise, also these filthy dreamers, they defile the flesh, they despise dominion, and they speak evil of dignities. So, what, again, now what are we talking about here? You know, this is the third of the group. We're talking about, People in positions. People in positions. So you might go, okay, Bob, I'm from Missouri. you got to show me. So we got to go back to 2 Peter 2.10. I'm just going to show you what the Bible says. A few pages back to the left. 2 Peter 2.10. I think we'll define that just a little bit better than just what, what I say. Don't take what I say. 2 Peter 2.10 says, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness... And despise what? Government. Government. Okay. 
Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. So I'm not a big fan of my government, honestly, but I'm not going to go toe-to-toe. I'm not going to get on national TV and blast our government, I don't think. Um, There's times when, you know, you do need to keep your mouth shut. Okay, and I'm being taped, so this may come back. I say that all the time. I'm surprised I haven't been kicked out of here. But anyway, um, (laughs) you know, 30 years ago, people didn't talk bad about the president like they do today. Today, I don't care if it's Democrat, Republican, the other group, just you would think that the president was the Antichrist, the way the other group talks. And they don't even reason anymore. It's just like, I, I, I speak, I think this way, and he, he's on the different party, so, you know, whatever he does is wrong. Whatever he says is wrong. The way he breathes is wrong. He's just all wrong. They never look at the facts, okay? So, uh, these men, these men, these evil men, they, they are not afraid to speak evil of people and position. And they don't care if they're, if they're good or bad. They don't care. They, they're going to say what they want to say. Okay, And so I think you have a blank there right underneath that. It says they run their blank. What do you think they run? Their mouth. No, they run their mouth all the time. Isn't it uh, um, rush hour? Rush hour. And one of the rush hours, he, he calls the guy, he tells the, the Chinese guy about, uh, uh, what's, what's the main character? Chris Tucker? Or he said he calls him Seven Eleven. He goes, why? Why do you call him Seven Eleven? He goes, he runs his mouth all the time. I don't. I think I messed that up. But anyway, the guy talked all the time. He he cannot keep his mouth shut. We all know people like that. With these evil men, they run their mouth all the time. Okay, so um, let me let me give you a little information. The Bible is very good about people, or gives us instruction about people that uh, seem to run their mouth a lot. So back in the book of Proverbs, I'm just going to give you some notes I have in my, or notes I have written in the, my Bible because Solomon defines a wise man in, in Proverbs and he also defines a fool in Proverbs. And here's what I have written down that he has. In, in uh, chapter 3 of thir- and 35 of Proverbs, Solomon defines a wise man. He says that a wise man inherits glory. In chapter 11, verse 30, a wise man wins souls. In chapter 10, and verse 8, a wise man receives commandments. In chapter 12, and verse 5, he hearkens to counsel. In chapter 29, verse 11, a wise man guards his tongue. In chapter 18, and verse 15, a wise man seeks knowledge. He also disperses knowledge. He also fears and departs from evil, and he lays up knowledge. What verse was that? 18 what? Uh, the main one was 18, well, for which one, Roger? The last one you just did. Uh, he, that he lays up knowledge? Mm-hmm. That's in uh, 10, 14. He fears and departs evil, 14, 16. He disperses knowledge in 15, 7. He speaks knowledge, or he seeks knowledge in 1815, but what I really wanted to point out in all that about what a wise man does, he guards his tongue, okay? And these guys do not do that, 
Okay. In fact, if you ha- you have your Bible, uh, turn over to Proverbs seventeen, chapter seventeen, and verse twenty-eight. Proverbs 17.28 says this, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed as a man of understanding. I'll give you a little, a little uh, truth or information here. I've used that verse in this church. You just, you know, there's a big something going on and you just sit there and go, Yes, I understand. And you just kind of, Keep your wits about you and you don't just blurt out things and people look at you and they go, oh, that guy, you know, he must be wise. He's thinking through this. Just keep your mouth shut and people will think you're smarter than you are. That's, that's good information, okay? But these guys can't do it. An ungodly man just cannot keep his mouth shut, okay? So, and then we got into, and I'm not going to get done today, but we'll keep going. Michael the archangel back in the book of Jude, when contending with the devil, had sense to keep his opinions to himself. He had enough sense to keep his mouth shut. He did contend with the devil, but anything that he didn't need to say, he did not say it. Okay? So let's go back and look at that. Is it because he knew that, okay, God's in charge. God will take care of it. He did his job that God had asked him to do, and he didn't add to it. Now, that would be hard to do. Think about it. Because when, when, when somebody wrongs you, don't you just want to unload on them? When it finally gets to that point. And here we have the top angel. Let's go back and read it again. He's following orders, and he doesn't go to the right hand or the left hand. He just does what God says. And here, I mean, again, let's read it. Verse 9, yet Michael, the archangel. Now, that's probably the highest angel in charge of everything. I mean, we're not talking about some some low angel. We're talking about the highest. And yet, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but just said, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Oh man, if I'd have been him, I'd have probably said, well, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. I'd have just unloaded. But he was what? He just held his peace and he just gave what God said. That's an example for us. Michael the archangel, with contending with the devil, had sense to keep his opinions to himself. You know, that's really good for us. We need to also have that. I need to follow that advice. And then back to Jude. It says, uh, but these speak evil. Ungodly men speak evil. I'm going to get back to the verse I want to be at. Verse 10. But these ungodly men speak evil of those things which they know not. So they're not only, they're running their mouth about things that they don't even know the truth or what the facts are. Okay. Boy, this is good for us. I mean, it's good for me. Okay? And then E says, they, 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 they things. Boy, that didn't make sense. Uh, let's look at the rest. The things they do know. Thank you, Roger. The things that they do know, they corrupt. 
Now that's, that's kind of a bad testimony. Even the truth that you do know, you corrupt it. It reminds me when I was in algebra class, and, and uh, I was terrible in algebra. The teacher, we did a test. My t- test score was not very good, so he asked for people to come up and do questions off of the test on the board. And we had boards all around. And he picked me to do one. And it just happened to be one I got right. <laughs> so I go up there and I go through all this. And so he's, the teacher goes, oh, yes, George, you did. Oh, yes, that's very good. And he goes over here and he comes over to mine. And he, you can see this blank face. And it's like, oh, he goes, you got the right answer, but you went about it totally wrong. I'm thinking, I got it right, didn't I? But, I mean, it wasn't what he wanted. And so, I, I guess I corrupted how to get it. <laughs> but, but I got the right answer. But these guys, they corrupt it and get the wrong answer. Okay? Yeah, I was, I was like, oh. Really? Okay. But even the things they do know, they corrupt. I'm like, man, that, that, that's, that's not a good testimony. Um, you know, the Bible talks about people becoming reprobate or having a reprobate mind. So uh, let's go back and look at that for just a minute. Let's go back to Romans chapter 1 and we'll just read verse 28. Romans 1 28 says, I don't know if we've read that yet today or not. It says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a what? A reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So there are people, and I like these people into like uh, serial killers. They get to a point where, where they're killing people and in their mind it's normal. What's that? Psychopaths. Okay. These people have gone, gone off the cliff. And yet now they can't even think right. And so, I mean, you've got, you've got pedophiles that, that, that are like it. You've got these people that, that these evil, ungodly men, they, they even what they knew to be right, they have went corrupt. Okay? Uh, then turn over to 2 Timothy 3.8. I don't know, we're bouncing all over the Bible today. 2 Timothy 3.8 says, Now as James and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning what? Concerning the faith. So we look at these people and we look at them and they have a reprobate mind and we see the disgusting things that they do physically. But that's just a manifestation of where their heart is spiritually. So think about they're doing that to people or they were doing that, but yet they're really doing it. They, they had that same mindset to our Lord and Savior. That, I mean, that, 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 that's not good because mankind can judge him, but who's going to really judge him? The Lord. The Lord's going to judge him. And then, uh, while we're on the same subject, go over to Titus 1.16. Titus 1.16. Titus 1.16. 
Titus 1.16 is talking about these ungodly men. Back, back up to 15. It says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. Okay? So, we're seeing that these ungodly men, you know, when, when somebody says, well, this guy's an ungodly man, you don't think of all these things. But what's the Bible talking about the characteristics of these ungodly men? They're evil. They're evil. And not only evil, not only will they show you evil physical ways, they're going to show you evil spiritual ways, and that will be the destruction. Okay? And so, um, let me real quickly go through this. And then uh, our handout, and I'll give you the blanks, and we're going to have to go back through that next week. There are three, again, three Old Testament examples of ungodly men's evils, evil ways, starting in verse 11 of Jude. So let me read this, and I'm going to let you guys go back and do some homework this week. Read through this, and you'll be ready for next week. Uh, verse 11 says this, and this is a f- fabulous study. It says, Woe unto them. Who's the them? Evil men. For they have gone in the way of Cain, they have ran greedily after the heir of Balaam, and they have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Three Old Testament examples that are put there for a reason. God wastes no space in his book. They're there for a reason. We're going to have to study them out to find to find it is. And, and let me just kind of go through this real quick. And like I said, we'll go through it next week also. They've gone in the way of Cain. And we go back and look at that in Genesis chapter 4. And um, let me tell you what Cain did. Cain rejected God's word. Cain went his way. You have a blank there? It is his. And Cain invented his own... Anybody got a blank for that? Religion. Here we are. We read these stories in the Bible, and if you got to be paying attention because, again, God put those stories, Old Testament stories, in our Bible for a reason to show us some truths. And so you think, okay, I know this story, but I never saw this. Why not? You didn't study it out. Okay, the story of Cain, Cain, and we'll look at it again more next week. Cain brought of his own works to God. He tried to work his way to heaven. That is man-made's religion. That is man's religion. It started with Cain. He formed his religion of religion by salvation by works, and that doesn't work. Okay, remember Abel brought a what? He brought a sacrifice. It was a blood sacrifice, but Cain brought of his vegetables. You know, that's where you get the term. You can't get blood from a turnip. He brought his vegetables, but you can't get blood out of a vegetable. And then number four on your second page says the result of Cain's way was. Here's your two blanks: killing and lying. Killing and lying. Because Cain didn't go God's way, he went his way, he ends up killing his brother and lying to God about it. 
man, when, when sin gets a foothold, it just starts going down the slope, man. It is. It's like you're on that ski slope and you're going off. Okay? Okay, so, B says, the second one, they have ran greedily after the, you have a blank there, error. Error, error of Balaam. So what is the error of Balaam? You know, when, when I read the story of Balaam in the Old Testament, what I see is, I see is this guy's mule preaching to him. That's what he's doing. Does your, does your mule talk or preach to you? Careful! <laughs> Balaam's mule talked to him. Tried to get him to obey what God said. Uh, so we'll look at that next week. So they ran Greek. But what was the error that Balaam did? Well, number one, he should have listened to his mule. Okay, so... Uh, uh, you have some blanks here. Number one, we're going to look at the way of Balaam. Number two, we're going to look at the doctrine of Balaam. And we're going to look at the error of Balaam. We're going to look at that next week in a little more detail because I just do not have time today. So I think you have another blank in there, don't you? Yes. So you have a blank under one... And under two, so that's your homework. See if you can figure out what those two blanks are, and we'll go through those next week. So, uh, like Cain, we will find out when you study this story, you're going to also find another religious system in this story. And it's not real hard to figure out when you just look at the guy's name. Baal. Balaam. Okay. So, uh, let me give you a couple more blanks. Number C says, They have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. A gainsaying is a speech that denies. Again, right off the top. We looked at these ungodly men because they deny God. And so, what did Korah do? He had a speech. He went up against Moses... Because he's, he's, he's one of those that went out with Moses. He goes up against Moses and he had this big speech. It was probably a really good speech, but it was denying Moses' authority specifically. So Korah went against God's person and authority. And let's stop about that and think. Okay, so what all did Moses do? Think about all the miracles that God used him to perform and everything that he had done and yet he goes up against him and says, basically, you know, you think, you, it'd be like me, you know, going up and going, Mo, Moses, you think you're, you're so special. I mean, come on, you're not the only one special here. You, you know, there's other people that, that can take charge and do, do some of the things that you're doing. And so what he does is he, uh, he goes against his authority. And in fact, he was in open, your blank number two is open rebellion. So, he, he, again, the example is, he goes against authority. And as a result, the earth swallows him up. If you go back and look at that story back in Numbers chapter 16. So, I think you've got two more blanks and that's it? Yes. So, so in, 
so the example of all these peoples, all three people that we're looking at, uh, Cain, uh, Balaam, and Korah, they all resisted God's word. All three end in destruction. And so when Jude writes this letter, he's writing to people that have a relationship with God and he's writing them to just beg them, stay away from these ungodly men because if you hang with them, you're going to head down the same destruction that they are going down. Now to us, that's really good advice. To people in the tribulation, oh my gosh. That's going to be excellent advice because if they don't follow God's word in the tribulation, they're going to lose what salvation they have. For us, we can't do that. But yet, it's good advice for us not to, to uh, follow ungodly men. But again, people in the tribulation, it's, it's going to mean their eternal destiny if they follow ungodly men or not. So let's stop there. I'm going to pray and then we'll dismiss. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, uh, the truth that we find in your word, Lord. And I pray that not only would we read your word, that we would apply it in our life, that we would study it, and that we would see the truth that you have in, in, uh, that you have in your word, and we would put that truth in our life and live out the lives that you want us to be. So Lord, again, I pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches the main service. Give them the words we need to hear and just help us not only to hear them, but to to do them. So we ask for a good week this week. We just ask your blessing upon the rest of the day. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Would you give me last week's if you have it there? Yes.